Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ryan and Brian Show, a podcast about outside-the-box thinking and education. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brian. And we are glad to have you back with us. I want to thank everybody who downloaded the last episode with Kate Rossiter. That was episode five. And I know this may be your first time listening to the podcast. All of our episodes are available back at the Ryan, I'm sorry, ryanandbryanshow.com. That's Brian with an I. Or via your podcast app, Google Play, as well as the App Store. Uh, we are very, very fortunate today to have an illustrious guest with us. Um, he is, he's recently been named the MASSP Michigan Principal of the Year, High School Principal of the Year. This is Mr. Jason Schrock. Welcome, Jason. Welcome. Or thanks, gentlemen, for having me here. I've been called a lot of things, Brian, but illustrious is not one of them, so I appreciate that. All right. Add to the resume. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep, the illustrious principal. Sure. Thanks for coming on the show, Jason. It's good yeah. to have you here. Thanks. So, let me, I'm going to try to get this right, okay? Number uh-huh. one, congrats on the 2018 MASSP Principal of the Year. That's Michigan Association of Secondary Schools Principals, yeah, right? That's right. That's such a cool award. Um, and it was fun for me to go down to the cafeteria to see the surprise when you got presented with the award. Yeah, but, yeah. So, I know you're not the type of person to talk much about yourself that's just not who you are um but what does the award mean to you when you look back on it now it's it's been you know a couple weeks yeah it has been a couple weeks and i appreciate the the congratulations um as i've reflected a little bit more about it um the the award feels even even more of an honor than the initial uh, surprise you know, going into education, if I were to, to compare it to entering a competition, everyone expects you're going to enter this competition and the outcome is, is going to be you, you hope to, to win the prize. But going into education, the prize is just changing lives. The prize is never something flashy, something uh, in the spotlight. And so dedicating nearly 20 years of my life to, and my hope was just to change lives one person at a time, one staff member, one student interaction at a time, uh, receiving the recognition and, and reading through the letters of recommendation, it was just very humbling and at the same time encouraging that the uh, the efforts through the years, they have made a difference in people's lives and people recognize and appreciate the service that I've been able to provide as a teacher, as a co-worker, as a colleague, as a leader, and as a, as a problem solver in some cases. We were both there. Um, and I didn't know it was coming. I was just curious. Did you know it was coming? I did not know it was coming. Um, I got pretty emotional um, when when it happened, and uh, I did see my brother. <laughs> true story. I saw my brother enter the the building through the glass windows of the cafeteria, and he was pushing the stroller. And I thought to myself, my 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 brother couldn't organize childcare for himself to my own staff meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, little did I know it was because the family was with him. Um, but as I was talking, I saw him out of the corner of my eye. I was, my initial thought was um, more of, I'm going to have to discipline my brother, who's a, <laughs> a staff member at the, at the school. But, um, you know, completely blown away. Um, Mr. McCarthy kept everything a surprise, which I appreciate his support in coordinating that application process along the way. 
friend of the podcast, Brian McCarthy. Yeah, and Brian was, uh, was previous guest with Jay McCarthy talking about the uh, Innovation Jay Academy. Academy. Yeah, on yeah, a previous show. So speaking of the Innovation Academy, I'm just curious, what whole projects or initiatives, ideas, currently or in the future, are you most excited about? Well, Innovation Academy is definitely one of them. Seeing this school come to fruition after a few years of dreaming and thinking how we could do school differently for students who are marginalized but still highly intelligent, highly capable of doing great things. So that's definitely one that it's energizing right now because it's new and different and, and yet to be done. But we have a lot of other really great things going on that, that excite me. And this, you know, this podcast is a great example that um, when school leadership from the superintendent to the building principals and to teachers within the building decide to take risks and do something different, um, education can be uh, more relevant, more cutting edge and uh, at the end of the day, a little bit more fun too. Um, you know, we we have we have several things going on at the high school with our school improvement team. That's another area that I'm really excited. It's more of a management style of how to do business on a daily basis with our students and our our staff. But the school improvement team structure this year was exciting to me to roll out, giving more. Um, I don't want to use power, but more voice is probably the best way to describe it. More voice to, to the staff and students, uh, because both staff and student voices were increased with the student uh, the, or the school improvement leadership structure this year. So that was pretty fun, but students have, they come up with new ideas all the time, it seems. So part of, part of the joy of doing this is finding where we can unlock student and staff potential and, and see what happens. The TED... X event was another mm. great example. Mm-hmm. Those things really get me fired up of how we can put students learning and their voice in the spotlight. You mentioned taking risks mm-hmm. and then also that voice for students and for staff. Mm-hmm. As a leader, what, what do you see that you can do to encourage that risk taking, to give that space, that freedom for that. Yeah. You've been principal for what, six years now? Six years. So what have you learned in that time that allows or encourages more risk taking for students and staff? So I I hope that they can look people can look back at the, the past six years and see where I've taken risks myself and tried new things. Sometimes they've worked and sometimes they haven't. Um, and whether it's a, a personal risk or whether it's coming alongside a, a teacher and saying, well, let's do this together. Of course, you want to do something different and I'm right alongside you. I think the best way to encourage risk taking is to take risks yourself. Um, so I encourage my admin team to, to push me. Um, I'm looking for ways to, to grow and just do things different. And sometimes they work and sometimes I learn from them. But sure. if I'm not willing to, to take a risk and do something different, then how could any leader expect those that they work alongside and, and coach to do, do the same? Yeah. So speaking of growth, um, we have new teachers. Mm-hmm. You're, you're constantly getting new teachers. You've been a student. You've been a teacher. You know, you're on the admin side. This is more of a, uh, not so much a current question, but just something to think about. So if you, Jason, were in charge of you know, pre-service program at a university for teachers that are, or students that are getting ready to become teachers. What's one or two areas that you would really want to focus on for those pre-service teachers? That is such a, a great thing to think through as a leader. If, if you had the magic wand of, of student teacher placement or student teacher experience, like what would you do different? Because for so many of us in America, we grow up through a very traditional 
educational mindset experiences. We go to college and we know we want to be in the, in the learning business with students, but all we've known is fairly traditional what we've, we've experienced. Mm-hmm. I think some of the, my best ideas have come from non-school experiences. And so to, to build in uh, an expectation that educators need to still be connected to what we often refer to as the real world, mm-hmm. whether it's through passions or through other jobs that they've had along the way, and somehow see that the content they're learning isn't isolated to this brick and mortar building that exists for four years of a student's life, but that what what we're doing is really preparing them for life beyond us. I think to do that well, staff have to have those outside experiences themselves. Mm. Uh, so I would somehow require, request, or implement a, um, a job skills training program where teachers can come into the education field with some prior experience knowing how their content is related to specific career fields or the workplace or entertainment. That's a cool approach. I yeah. like it. Yeah, that's, wow. Let's do it. Yeah, Let's do it, yeah, absolutely. I like that. I mean, they say those who can't do teach, but you're saying those who teach should do. Should do, and maybe those who teach should know how their teaching can be done mm-hmm. you know, or how their learning can be, be done. Because so much of the training you'll get out in the real world is not going to be sitting down in a classroom. It's going to be whatever skill you're working on, it's going to be yeah. done in the moment. For example, I, uh, I'm rebuilding a garage of mine, and I was a math teacher for seven years. So fairly confident in my mathematical abilities, but when it came to figuring out the, the rise and the run for a, a staircase that had a twist landing at the end, um, it took me a lot of brain power to calculate uh, the very somewhat basic math, but um, those are how geometric and trigonometric skills are really used in the real world, not just on dittos and worksheets. Um, and I'm, I'm really passionate about home remodels and redesign, and, and just I enjoy doing that kind of work. So I push myself to do as much on my own. I've learned how to do electrical work. I've learned how to do concrete work on my own so that I can share with students skills that they're learning here are relevant in the workplace, at their home, and beyond. Well, I think we have a match because I am passionate about having people do electrical and concrete work for me, <laughs> and I am also passionate about having my home remodeled. We'll talk after the yeah, show. What are you doing this summer? Yeah, that, that may be my, uh, my next step there. Fair enough. <laughs> So um, I know, it, you know, being a teacher at the high school, that you come every day to all of our staff meetings. Everything we do with with passion, with fire. Um, you you care about us as a staff. You care about um, your job. You care about the school. You, you care about this community. Um, I we see those things all the time. I do at least. I appreciate that. Um, so what gets you excited? What motivates you every day to, to keep burning that fire of passion as you come to school every day? It's the it's the relationships. I don't want to oversimplify things, but it's the relationships that I have with the, the, the staff, the students in the community. Um, not knowing what relationship or what person I might bump into and how I might, might be able to, to help or my, how I might be able to learn what they're doing that could help me. But it really is when I wake up in the morning and I look at my calendar and I think, you know, in between some spaces or calendar items, who am I going to bump into and how can I help them and just be um, a good listener, a good support, 
uh, and a good encourager. Um, it's it's the relationships every day. We're in a people business, and if you're not passionate about people, then it becomes really challenging to come to school or work where there's a building full of people. So that's what really gets me fired up. And I feel like you have, and this is something that I've learned from you too, is the heart of a servant. You feel like you're here to help other people, and that you mentioned that, and that's to me that's a that's a huge aspect that a lot of people in this world don't bring with them. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Um, I do believe that, and especially after working with so many students and parents through the years, one of the common threads that I've seen is people grow up in in environments where a lot was told to them and dictated um, because they were in the mode of having to survive day to day and not a lot of um, not a lot of assistance was was offered especially in the the formative years of, of adolescence so sometimes it surprises people when I, I ask them how can I help or ask a student like, what, what, what can I do to help you through this because they're so used to being told what to do they're not used to somebody empowering them to find the answers and, and having the support along the way. And yeah, ultimately I, I want to be remembered as, as a servant leader at the end of the day. Thanks. Jason, let's say it's um, maybe a month from now or 10 years from now, you're walking around downtown Howell, you run into a former student, you know, former high school student. Mm -hmm. What do you hope it is that they think about or have to say about their time here at high school? What do you hope that they remember? Wow. So that happens now because I've been here for almost 20 years and I bump into people now. Mm -hmm. In fact, my, my daughter's first grade uh, choir concert over at her elementary school, mm -hmm. I look across and there's a, a, a young family smiling at somebody on stage and I think to myself, I had them when I was teaching <laughs> and now they have young young kids in the schools and so after chatting this has happened I chat with, with families or, or people that had me as a teacher or as administrator um, and I know they'll not remember every single math mm -hmm. lesson that I gave they won't remember everything but they'll remember the experiences that I pushed them through as classes having fun together problem-solving big ideas learning how math was connected or hearing some of the stories that I would tell about, maybe mathematicians, mm -hmm. um, stuff that just enriches their life, stuff that uh, they're more than content lessons, they're life lessons. Mm -hmm. um, that, those are the things that I do hope last a lifetime, more mm -hmm. than four years. Absolutely. Brian and I are going to ask you some rapid-fire questions. These are questions that we usually ask most of our guests. I'm not going to put a shot clock on, so you can take your time. Um, I'm wondering... Let's say 20 years from now, right? Mm -hmm. How do you hope that public K-12 education looks? What would it look like 20 years from now when someone says, I'm going to school? I would hope that that question might not even exist or that statement of I'm going to school might not exist, that maybe just school is ongoing and mm -hmm. learning is part of what they do on a daily basis, minute by minute, that it's not a check-in, check-out but that school becomes more of a story of experiences and what you've learned from them. What would that look like to you? I, I, have no, I don't have a crystal ball. It's a great question, but um, 
I think about the senior survivor mm -hmm. activities, the TED Talk activities mm -hmm. that, that we put on, the more experiential and the learning that takes place of how to communicate, how to, to write proposals, how to count and make budgets, those, those really tangible experiences, those are the things that it looks like. Um, they're not isolated. There's not a time clock on them. It was, uh, they're, they're experiences that bring students through the gamut of content in a, in a time period for a purpose, for an outcome, um, rather than a, uh, a constraint of time, 45, 60 mm -hmm. minutes, mm -hmm. and the outcome might be uh, the answers to some problems. Yeah. So if you, you've mentioned a lot of these things, maybe just to kind of summarize, what, what big ideas do you really want all educators to focus on? You know, a few years back, there was the three R's of education. Remember the, the relevance, rigor, and relationships, right? <laughs> There's been a lot of and R's, whenever, but yeah, yeah. Whatever <laughs> order those were, the rigor, relevance, so and relationships. you're going to go with the writing, arithmetic, and reading. <laughs> yeah, well, those, those R's as well. Um, but I think... You know, we have a, a great handle on the direction of, of relationships right now in the district, mm -hmm. which I, I don't ever want to take away from that. That's probably most important. That's foundational to what we do. But I, I do believe that the next layer of, uh, of that should be focusing on the relevance. Mm -hmm. um, the big idea that I would want all K-12 educators to focus on is where is what I'm teaching relevant beyond this current lesson? Where are people using the skills in the workplace, in the, in the field of the arts, in the field of technology. Um, and that can be really challenging to do when the curriculum we focus on might, might be antiquated or tied to a, a linear textbook that's, that's not as um, complex as the real world is. So speaking of those specific classes where that's hard, what if you could come up with a specific class here at the high school that seniors would need to take to graduate. It could be anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be content specific. It could be um, a life skill, right, a transferable skill, whatever it is. What's a class that you would want seniors to take before they graduate? So for, for, for a few years now, I have focused on a strengths-based approach to my leadership team. And the more I learn about operating in your strengths rather than trying to fill gaps of weaknesses, the more I realize that people can be more effective and more efficient and really love what they do when they're focused on what they're naturally good at. I believe that every one of us is created with a certain mix of skill sets that make us stronger and more apt to do things better than, than other people. Uh, we're all uniquely created. So to, to walk seniors or exiting high school students through identifying who they are as a person, what are their natural strengths, what do they get fired up about, and knowing how they can use that in their life beyond high school, knowing that how they're put together, how their characters put together, their personality, their interests, using the skills they've learned would be a really fun thing to, to walk students through. I like it. Absolutely. Who inspires you professionally? Our students. Yeah, my, the students that we have inspire me because they come up with questions and ideas, um, and not just high school students. I'm, you know, I'm a father of four, and just just this weekend, my fifth grader, fifth grader Micah says to me, "Dad, 
just before bed. So I'm thinking it's going to be a real serious conversation. He says, Dad, you know how humans are becoming more cyborg? <laughs> <laughs> and just from that, we started talking about this, uh, this idea that when, when, when humans do get hurt, that there's more, uh, there's more opportunity now for technology to intervene and compensate for the loss of limbs or mm-hmm. vision and hearing. And so my fifth grader is watching the world unfold and is asking me questions and saying that he, he wants to do that for memory. He wants to learn how to capture people's memory. Uh, and if there's memory loss, be able to, to like reboot. Wow. So I don't know that, um, I'm not sure where he got those ideas, but the idea that he can dream, watch the world around him, and then think, what, what if I can do that too? What if there's something that hasn't been done that I can contribute to. That really inspires me. Um, helping people unlock their potential and dream big. I cannot think of a better place to end our conversation with uh, Jason Schrock than that. Howell High School Principal Jason Schrock, 2018 MASSP, uh, Michigan Principal of the Year. Jason, is there uh, a way that our listeners can get a hold of you? I don't want to give out your email address, but it may be on social media out there. Sure, sure. I'm pretty active professionally in the Twitter world, so follow me at Howell Schrock and be happy to chat with you and uh, follow you back. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much. That was great. Thanks, gentlemen. Yeah. And we'll be back right after this. Hey, and we're back. Thanks once again to Jason Schrock for that amazing interview. Now it's time for our regular show features. First up are the podcast recommendations. Ryan, what are you listening to? So this is another Gimlet Media podcast, uh, Sandra. It is, it's so fun. Um, have you seen the movie Her? No, but I, I've, I know of it. So similar, uh, Sandra, the idea of this podcast is like an Amazon Alexa or the Google Assistant or Siri uh, on your Apple phone. What if when you ask Siri a question, it wasn't a computer, there were actual humans behind it doing the answering? So this is like Sandra's the uh, assistant, the voice assistant, and there's imagine a warehouse full of tons of people working for Sandra, and depending on what you ask, it goes to that human, and the human is listening and then talking back, and it gets translated in kind of like a computerized voice. Um, there's more uh, real uh, life actors in this that you would know. Ethan Hawke is in this. Um, Kristen Wiig is in it. It's really well put together. It really makes you think about what if someone's listening? You know, what if behind that technology they're, they're actual people? So, Sandra, it's on Gimlet Media. The first season is out now. You can binge listen. Each episode is only about uh, 15, 20 minutes. Give it a listen. We have one of the Alexas at home, and my six-year-old son, he loves to ask questions all the time. But being a six-year-old, he loves to ask the question over and over and over again. Being a big baseball fan that he is, he's always asking scores. And I have all, I, just yesterday I said to my wife, I said, wouldn't it be great if someone we could program and if it was a real person for, the, for Alexa to come back and say, you know the answer to this question. This is the 15th time you've asked it today. So... Yeah, I have a feeling that it's probably one of We'll give, give Sandra a try. That's what happens <laughs> in there. Link is in the show that notes. sounds like fun. That yeah. sounds like fun. And speaking of baseball, my, my podcast recommendation, and I said last time it's starting to, my list is starting to dwindle because I don't have the, the drive that you do. But um, this one is called, and I love the name. It's the, the name caught me, Pod Castellanos. And if you're a Tigers fan, you know who Nick Castellanos is. Yeah. So they took the name Pod Castellanos. And I just think the name itself is great. And it's just a weekly, these two guys, Jordan and Eric, um, they uh, talk about Tigers baseball. What's going on? 
uh, you know, and they but they also do other fun show features. Um, and they're they're funny. Two guys. It's laid back. I feel a lot like it's you and I, where it's just two guys that are putting a podcast together. They're not getting paid for it. They're just doing it because it's something they're passionate about and, and they love. That's fun. And they're they're fun guys. And actually, I followed. Um, the guy named Eric Wayne, who's one of the hosts. I followed him a while on Twitter because I thought he was hilarious. Um, and I, f- I finally started listening to the show this season. And uh, it's, it's worth a listen, especially if, you, if you're a Tigers baseball fan. If you're not a Tigers baseball fan, then don't listen to it. But um, I am. So Podcastianos, and that's available pretty much through any – they have a SoundCloud page. There will be a link to it on our, on our uh, page, our show page. And now it's time for EdTech Talk with Ryan. Ryan, what's new? So I'm, I'm sharing this uh, link, this idea from Jennifer Gonzalez. She is a phenomenal resource for all things teaching. Um, she also works with technology, and she has a website called Cult of Pedagogy. Really, really great stuff. She was a classroom teacher for a while, and, and now she does this full-time. She runs a blog and a website. And what I'm sharing on our show notes is a post called Seven Tech Processes Every Teacher Should Know. And it's a free webinar. It's like a 25-minute webinar that that Jennifer gives for free. And what's really nice is it focuses on not the specific tech tool, but the process. And oftentimes, I think um, a lot of us get it wrong and we go backwards. Well, we don't go backwards. We we focus too specific. Um, Instead of saying, I want to have my students blog, we say, hey, so-and-so is using EduBlogs. I want to use EduBlogs. Or we focus on that. That specific idea, which might be, hey, so-and-so is using this app. I want to use this app. Well, why do you want to use that? Well, I don't know, because it looks cool. So this focuses on some of the most popular uh, processes, and the seven of them that are featured are blogging, collaboration, visualization, curation, screencasting, flip learning, and assessment. And it breaks down each one of those into several different tools, but the whole idea is start with the process first. I want my students to collaborate. And then you can find a tool that works specifically for what you're working on instead of going with the tool first, which will lead you down roads that you might not want to go down. Sounds great. Yeah. The link's in our show notes. Uh, Jennifer Gonzalez, Call of Pedagogy. It's a great resource for all educators out there. Brian, how about you? We're going to go to a section called Brian's Read. What do you got for us this week? Well, it's the uh, getting towards the end of the school year here. It's uh, towards the end of May, and uh, I needed something with very few words and lots of pictures. <laughs> I'm there with you. <laughs> My mind is starting to get to that point. Um, but it's actually, a, uh, it's called the GLAD resource book. And I actually picked this up at a conference I went to a few uh, weeks ago. Actually, oh my gosh, it's been a month now. And um, basically, it, it's stuff that we transferred over into the world language uh, area for using cognitive academic language proficiency. But it's a resource book called GLAD. It was actually developed by Pasco School District out in Washington State. Mm-hmm. And it's really just a list of strategies. So much of the reads that I brought so have been theoretical or philosophical. This one's actually very practical. It's just way, it's a whole process of engaging students in pretty much any topic. It's something that can be used in a science class, history class, math class. Um, and it's just a different way of approaching instruction. Um, you start off with focus and motivation questions. Sometimes it's bringing in pictures and talking to the kids about what's going on in the picture. And then moving on to something called an input chart or do a, a chant with the students. And it's a way to develop their academic language for your class, but in a little more interactive and fun way. And you actually end up building a lot of products with the students. Some of it's nothing new or, or earth-shattering. Some of it's 
pretty cool and fun to do, but it's just a different way to, um, like for example, we did one called an input chart. And basically what I did is I traced a big picture of Central America and Mexico and I used that with pencil ahead of time. And we use that to talk about immigration into the United States. And so I'm talking to the students as we're drawing this chart. I'll send you a picture of it for our show notes. Um, and we built something. And they say if you build something with students, it's a little more sticky in their brain. So it's just a lot of strategies for that. And as we go into the next school year, it's, it's, it's probably worth a look at just to get some new ideas of maybe how to approach something that maybe is not the most exciting of topics in a more interesting and interactive way with the students. Well, I was actually in your classroom as you were using the That's immigration right. chart. And you started from scratch, right? You had some of it done, but as you were building it, it wasn't already done and you weren't pointing to objects on your visual. You were creating them. That part of creation kept me so engaged. It was kind of like watching those animated YouTube videos that start on a whiteboard. <laughs> uh -huh. And so I'm not a Spanish speaker, but by following along as you created on that visual, it helped keep me so much more um, in tune with what you were saying. So I loved it. And I can't take any credit for the idea. So oh, that's great. <laughs> that's but great. yeah, it's fun to use. And it, the kids really, and as they try to watch it, even if you're, I'm not an artist. I am. Nobody would ever accuse me of that. Um, but if you plan it out ahead of time and, and whatnot, and you even if you just draw on the fly, the, there's a bunch. There's some humor there too. I think you probably. I think yeah. you saw that. I said I'm not a Picasso, and I drew something terrible, and the kids laugh about it. But it, it builds the community while you're learning something too. So, but there's just a lot of great ideas. I haven't even scratched the surface on using a lot of these. So, um, I definitely check it out. Check it out. It's a good good resource to have. Will do. Lots of pictures, very few words. Yeah. I like pictures. Pictures are good. Well, that's going to uh, bring an end to episode six. I want to thank our guest, uh, Howell High School principal and MASSP principal of the year, Jason Schrock. Um, Brian, how can people find you out there? I'm on Twitter at Profe Reardon. That's P-R-O-F-E-R-I-O-R-D-A-N. And people can find me at RyanHorn0076 on Twitter. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening and remind people that you can download our show on the Apple Podcast app or anywhere that you get your podcasts. And uh, make sure you check out our website, ryanandbryanshow.com. That's Brian with an I. And I think that's going to do it. Yep. We'll see you next time. Until then.